0: Welcome to CamdenCast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast.
1: On this episode of CamdenCast, we will be discussing Season 6, Episode 2 of 7th Heaven. The title is Teased, or if you are in Germany, it is called Foulness. Our IMDb user synopsis is... Robbie amuses sneaky cookie thief Ruthie by nicknaming her Snooky, and sets straight Lucy's far less flattering interpretation... Wilson diplomatically handles Mary's absurd blaming him for her failed fire department application after she set fire to the colonel's curtains. Despite Eric's continuous meanness, Simon acts most responsibly when a kid only he, not even a teacher, defended against school bullies mentions planning to shoot them. Eric confronts the supervisor of a firm's staff where pranks extend to stealing a prosthetic arm and cancels his ex-Merle on forgiveness. So, what was your first impression of this episode?
0: Um, I think I, I said this like repeatedly while watching it, so uh to Aaron while we were watching it. It was that a lot of the things discussed in this episode seemed to be issues that are kind of like prevalent to this day, but even on like a bigger magnitude. I felt like this like um this a lot of this reminded me about like everything that's going on with Harvey Weinstein, a lot of like the cr- criticisms that people have about. Trump, um, and just, like, generally, like, harassment, whether... Harassment,
1: bullying, etc. Yeah.
0: Although they don't use the word bullying, I don't think, in this episode. They do use the word harassment a couple of times. They
1: don't, and I feel like it minimizes it by calling it teasing, because yeah. I think inherently, when people say teasing, like, you can, like, tease with your friends and have it be, like, kind of harmless. Um, but this is, like, straight up bullying, yeah. which is intense. Like, it's mean-spirited. I feel like teasing can be, like... For fun, um, unless that says something about me as a person.
0: But they seem to like tackle a bunch of things in this episode. I mean, you have obviously like bullying in school, but then you also have like nicknames, which is teasing. But then you have like when we discuss Mary Mary's story storyline, and to a an extent, Cheryl and Matt's storyline.
1: They're like, like normalizing sexual harassment, harassment right. which was I did not enjoy.
0: Or like uh women in workplaces that are predominantly male. Like I feel like they did a lot of things in this episode. Yeah. A workplace harassment too.
1: Well, Matt was kind of like a man in a female Right. Yeah, predominantly female workplace. So anyway, um we'll get into it, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um I wanted to say before we started, uh I was reading... I like to... If there's reviews of the episodes, I like to re- read them online. This one probably had some of the most divisive ones, given that I read one, which thought this was the worst episode ever, and then another, which said it was the best episode ever.
1: Well, one of them was just a criticism of season six generally, oh, yeah. and then the other one was like, this is what makes season six great, <laughs> so... Um,
0: apparently, six, season six is the highest rated season in, of Seventh Heaven, so... I mean, I think it's delivering so far. I do as
1: well. Um, I think season six is pretty good. I think they really jump the shark in probably season eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really when it starts getting a little crazy. Um, But, all right. Uh,
0: So we'll start with the cold open, uh, which only introduces, I guess, what will be the main storyline. There's a new boy named Mick, and we're going to gather that he's from New Jersey.
1: Because these boys are like... Oh, that might be cool in New Jersey, or you might be. cool, I don't know.
0: Yeah, the hair. It was something about his hair? Yeah,
1: his hair. Or um, that might have just been us because <laughs> <laughs> this kid had no, bad no. hair.
0: Though no, it was, they he mentioned they like the bullies mentioned his curly hair. Oh, too, okay. Um, and so these three bullies who really shouldn't be bullying anyone in the first place, um, we're bullying. We're
1: bullying the bullies now.
0: <laughs> um. We're bullying Mick, and Simon comes over and, like, basically tells him to stop. Except Simon starts getting called, like, preacher boy. Um, So there's a bullying instance. Everybody kind of goes, walks away, and then we see that a teacher was hiding in his classroom. From Uh, the bullies. Right. And
1: And he's like, oh, students aren't the the only victims. They, they, like, tease me, too. Um,
0: And Simon's kind of, like, you see Simon kind of being, like... Well,
1: before the, the bullies, like, get away, Simon says something that's, like, really a, str- mm-hmm. a strange thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but Simon kind of loses it and is like, um, you know, you guys, like, need to leave this kid alone because if you don't, he might come in with a gun and shoot innocent students like me who aren't teasing him. And that's just a very oddly specific thing to say and, like, kind of puts the idea out there in front of this kid. Um so, not saying, like, any, like, people who, I don't know, school shooters, like, have to be, get the idea from anyone, but... Um,
0: so, that's the other thing I wanted to say. The way but that- obviously
1: it's something that's on Simon's mind, right. which is, like, a weird, um, I don't know, when, a- when I was going to school, I wasn't always like, somebody's gonna come in and shoot us all.
0: Um, it would have made sense if at the time, or near the time when this was released, or when it was recorded, something had happened, but to our recollection, we don't recall a major
1: I mean, yeah, because Columbine was 1998, and then I feel like there was a long break in, like, bigger school shootings, like, you know, until the the recent past. Um,
0: And um, the way that this was marketed and advertised for television, this episode, it was all about, like, um, gun Mm -hmm. violence in schools and bullying leading to...
1: We might post this, um, the, like, trailer, because it had some, like, facts about, you know... One in, you know, how many students feel, like, safe at school, et cetera.
0: How many firearm deaths within... People?
1: Young people, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah. So we're going to do that storyline last, uh, but we're going to start with some of the more frivolous ones first. Um, we'll do Matt.
1: Yeah. So um, we first see Matt when he is um, outside of the free clinic and Cheryl is in the driver's seat of his car And they are making out um, when someone comes to go retrieve him for his work shift and is like, hey, hot lips. Um, So this becomes quickly, since this is like an episode about nicknames, this becomes Matt's nickname. We don't really see him at work, um, this like happening, but um, he comes home and he's pretty irritated because apparently all of the women at work are calling him hot lips. And he had to see the legal department because it was like, I don't know, borderline sexual harassment, sexual harassment, I don't know.
0: Um, Apparently, like, the person in charge of the legal department or somebody with connections, like, I guess an HR person, said that this could be construed as sexual harassment so that he can't come into work until this is resolved. Or, like, there's some sort of... Procedure. that needs to be done. He's not the one saying that he's being sexually harassed. We want to make that clear. But other people are saying that he's being sexually harassed. Yeah. Um... On the other, on the flip side, we find out that the reason that Cheryl has, um... Yeah, well,
1: she drives away in Matt's car, um, and she sees Simon waiting at a bus stop, and, um, Simon is like, what are you doing in Matt's car? We find out later on at the dinner table, when Matt comes home from work and is upset, um, that Cheryl has begun going to college, um, and when Robbie hears this, he laughs out loud, um... So, um,
0: and then this is another instance in which, uh, well, Robbie, I think like gets put in his place because I think both Matt and Simon at the dinner table are like, why are you laughing about this? Like, why are you teasing? Um, so later on we see Robbie on the phone with Cheryl it's a nice moment, you know, they've
1: exes becoming friends
0: where Robbie's telling her he's really proud of her. He knows her past with like school and stuff and that he's happy that she's getting back into it. Um, Cheryl's car is fixed uh, in the next scene, and uh, Matt is basically telling her, like, I know, I'm know i really glad that you and Robbie had a chance to talk about this, but why don't we talk about the fact that you're going back to school? And she says that you're insensitive. <laughs> um, we learn that it's because
1: she has a past with Cheryl is blonde... And apparently, I think she says her stepdad, her mom and her stepdad, or is it her mom and her dad?
0: I think it's just her mom and her dad.
1: Okay. So she says that when she was growing up, her mom and her dad used to make jokes about, like, how she wasn't, how she was just, like, a dumb blonde and, like, I don't know. And she felt insecure about going back to school and things like that because her whole life she was told that she was dumb. So um, Did
0: you mention that her nickname, if we're going to do all the nicknames in this episode, is Blondie? Which, Which is not
1: really, yeah.
0: Like, I guess, unless you're jumping to that connotation, but like, Blondie's just, I could call you Blondie.
1: That's very, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's also very condescending. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, hey, Blondie. Oh, like, it's yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. that's how I just. Oh, okay. At. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I hear it now. Yeah. So, it, it, could, it's, it could either be condescending or like sexual harassment, depending on <laughs> the way it is. you just don't
0: win. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Definitely not something you want to do. So, um,. Anyway, that's that, that. We learned that that's why Cheryl didn't want to tell anyone she was going to school, basically because pe- she thinks people are expecting her to fail, etc. That's
0: that's really it. Uh, the thing with Matt and his sexual harassment does not get, like, looked into further. There's just another scene between him and one of the nurses continually calling him hot lips.
1: Yeah, um... I mean, I don't, it doesn't really, he's just like upset about it because it's all, he works with predominantly women and
0: he just wants to be getting on with life. I think it's
1: like, it's not a, it's not really like a storyline that needed to occur.
0: I mean, if they were going to do it, they should have gone all the way. (laughs) Yeah. They just kind of half-assed it. Uh, Another storyline, which was seemingly half-assed was um, Mary's.
1: Um, yeah, so as we said in the last episode, Mary now is looking for some sort of public service job, um, sort of along the lines of, like, a civil service job, and, um, she has decided on the fire department. Um, so so she's preparing...
0: Well, she's on the phone with Lucy, and they're just kind of talking, and this is when she tells Lucy about the firefighting job. In the background, she's, like, lighting a candle, and you know... We knew you see immediate, it. You Yeah, immediately yeah, immediate what was gonna happen. And Lissy's like, Are you sure you should be a firefighter? And as soon as that sentence leaves, we see the smoke behind Mary. Uh and the next thing we know, we come back to Mary's bedroom and
1: <laughs> the, the walls are all like burnt out. Yeah. Um so that fire got out of control real quick.
0: And that's when um when why was I gonna call him Winston? <laughs> Wilson calls. Um Wilson, you know, had an annual report, and he was really busy. (laughs)
1: Because we know that Wilson has a full-time job, and he does real work. Um, So Wilson um, is, like, trying to... He's like, oh, you're going for the fire department. Um, And he's trying to, like, coach Mary for her interview because this fire department is, of course, a predominantly male-dominated field. Um, So Wilson's like, oh, you're going to need to have a sense of humor because you might be the only woman in the firehouse and the guys are going to joke around. Um, and he of course means that in like basically like hara- you know, harassment, yeah. like, you know, the things that guys might do to each other. <laughs> well,
0: that they'll do or like the, re- that she's going to have to work extra hard to be on the same level to as be well. like
1: one of the right. guys.
0: And so she's going to need to have tougher skin. And the way to do that is to start joking now. So she's like, okay. So you think in the interview, even though I just saw the fire department t- today, I should start joking about the fact that I caused a fire? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so we have a scene, which I'm gonna say, I know it was definitely. I didn't think it was as funny as it. I wise, thought it was funny, but it was it was pretty like humorous. He cracked me up. Um, was Jessica Biel practicing her interview, Jessica- Mary, in the mirror with thing with saying such as. I know I start fires, but maybe I can end them. (laughs) And, like, hi, I'm Mary Camden, pyromaniac. Nice to meet you.
1: etc. So this, of course, does not go over well, and she does not get the job. And she blames Wilson, and Wilson is like, oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: basically she says they don't think that she takes the job seriously because all she did was joke. Uh, So, yeah. Again, another storyline which they could have, like, either gone full force with or just not done it at all because if they wanted to like really explore the fact that she was going to f- be a female well, like this
1: could be a this could be a very important like storyline yeah. um because it, that is like a problem and, right like right. N- like women not being accepted in certain professions just because it's been like a boys club for so long
0: right exactly um,
1: so if they were going to explore that it would have been more interesting if she like got the job and then had to deal with But, of course, it's only a one-episode arc, so Mm -mm. they had to put it in a neat little package.
0: I thought, uh, in, like, the subject of how dumb are they making Mary for this episode, um, it's not as bad as it was last episode, because I feel like something like the candle with the curtains is a thing that could happen to anyone. (laughs) Okay. I mean, not that it's ever happened to me, but, like, it's more acceptable than...
1: I was raised by a firefighter. Right. It would not happen to me.
0: Um, so you wanted, did you want to mention your little Jessica Beale update?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Jessica beale has been at the World Series lately, and it's, I mean, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> Rooting for the Dodgers. So at, i oh, the World Series might be over by the time that this is. Aired. Aired. So anyway, who knows? Who knows? Her and JT <laughs> going having little dates at the World Series beautiful um anyway moving on
0: we're gonna do uh the lucy robbie and um ruthie Ruthie.
1: storyline yeah um so as we know lucy has lucy moved to new york and then came back at the end of the summer so they say she's been home about a week and we know that her engagement broke off with jeremy but we still do not know why um that's just some background because the storyline really kicks off with Robbie in the kitchen. Um, and he's like looking around suspiciously. Then he leaves. And as soon as he leaves, Ruthie comes in and she has an unexplained broken finger that we just think that Mackenzie Rosman broke her finger. And then they were like, okay, whatever. Um, and she comes in and she goes into a cabinet and she takes out a bag of cookies, Brenda's cookies, um, which is of course homage to Brenda Hampton, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um and as soon as she takes them out of the cabinet, Robbie's like, Aha, I knew you were the one who was sneaking my cookies. Because you are sneaking my cookies, I'm going to call you snooky. It is a combination of sneaking and cookies.
0: So there you go, all you Jersey Shore fans. <laughs> The origin of Snooki has been revealed.
1: That's how Snooki got her nickname. She I mean, was,
0: we got a lot of Jersey shoutouts in this episode. I mean, did.
1: two. Well, but like, <laughs> and well, Snooki didn't really exist yet when this episode aired, so it was not really a Jersey. Even though Snooki
0: was not from New Jersey, she's from Long No Long no, Island. No, she's
1: she's from Upstate.
0: Upstate. She's she was upstate. from like
1: near like Newburgh. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> there we go. For all of you who want to know, <laughs> um, so I don't really. This uh, the snooky thing. Like Ruthie really likes the nickname. She's she thinks it's you know, nicknames can be fun.
0: Yeah, I think I always really like when people give me nicknames because it kind of like. It kind of I don't know it kind of cements your place in their life I feel like you don't give somebody a nick- nickname that you're only gonna casually see from time to time unless it's like a mean one that you yeah don't unless them it's to hear. like unless
1: it's like a cruel right. nickname um, but like if people call you your nickname to your face it's usually okay right um,
0: I don't know I think it's it's always like a leveling up in friendship kind of thing yeah, it's like
1: we have nicknames yeah we have
0: nicknames for each other so um, which sometimes we let slip and we're like no yeah
1: <laughs> um, uh, so, anyway, Ruthie's, like, she, reasonably, she, she likes Robbie. She's, like, excited. He's given her a nickname. And um, Lucy is, like, I don't know what. She's just moping around. And Ruthie's, like, well, I'm going to give you a nickname. Your nickname is going to be Lady Liberty because you got your freedom in New York, like the Statue of Liberty. Like, you went to New York and then you were set free by Jeremy. Um,
0: Ruth, Ruth, I mean, I think Ruthie basically wants uh, to know what happened with Lucy and Jeremy. And she's trying to, like, include Lucy. I don't think she's doing anything, like, maliciously. No. Uh, But Lucy, because she is back to being the worst worst. this season, has taken it the wrong way and decides to kind of, like, be horrible to Ruthie.
1: Yeah, she's like... You know that Robbie calls you Snooky because um, you're sneaky. It's not a nice nickname. He's actually like just he he's too nice to call you sneaky, so that's why he calls you Snooky, and you should be offended. And Ruthie lets like a few single tear. Well, they're not a single tear, but yeah, just like a few tears run down her face as she realizes that this might not be the fun nickname that she wanted.
0: Um. So Ruthie the next day uh, is not talking to Robbie because of this mis- misunderstanding. Um, Annie intervenes and says like you should tell like tells Robbie what 's going on. um Robbie goes to explain to Ruthie that no, like Snooky is not me telling you you're being sneaky. Lucy thinks you're being sneaky <laughs> i don't um and Lucy, and this is the moment where we find out what actually happened between Lucy and Jeremy. And it kind of, you know, for all the buildup, for two episodes of buildup... It
1: was very lame. It
0: was. I really liked my idea better, (laughs) which was that... So my idea was because earlier in the episode, um, during the conversation between Mary and Lucy, she gets all, like, riled up about conservative and how it should be okay to be a bit conservative. And I'm like, oh, is it because, like, Jeremy thought since they're getting married they could start having sex? that she said no to that and then left.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But no, that wasn't it.
1: Um, So what it it is is that Lucy's like, oh, she tells Annie, when you marry someone, you marry their family as well. And I didn't want to marry Jeremy's family because we learned that they – Because I think also this is, like, a bad stereotype. Because remember, Jeremy's father is a musician. Right. Um, She's like, oh, Jeremy's family um, smokes pot and they drink and they have parties all the time. And Lucy says, it's not even that I didn't like them. It's that they used to make fun, like, they would make fun of me and call me Mother Teresa um, because... Um, I was like, I was like a goody goody, and I guess she wouldn't drink or smoke pot with them. So she was like, I liked that. Yeah, and she was like, they were good people, though, which I think is a good distinction. Yeah, yeah. She does say that, like, they were good people and I liked them, but they didn't like me. So I don't, I didn't want to be a part of that family, which is a very lame. I mean, people get married all the time to like, they don't. Yeah, you're marrying, like, the other person's family, but, like, people don't always necessarily like the family of the person they're marrying, but they do it anyway because... They love this the is person. A, this is a sacrifice, like, that's part of it, so, anyway.
0: Yeah, um, there's this whole scene about, like, they talk a lot about Mother Teresa,
1: um... And <laughs> how she was a great person.
0: Yeah, um, and... There's a one. I think one line you wrote it down that Lucy says to the. To
1: oh, Annie. she says it's hardly a Camden world out there, and truer words have never no. been spoken yep. because <laughs> it's, it's it's not, not it's, it's not, not, a, not at all. <laughs> the Camden world is very very different from the worlds in which most people live in.
0: Um, we'll quickly do the Rev and Annie because they're again storylines are kind of mushed in for no reason. Okay, Annie, this entire episode, we'll just get it over in one sentence, is menopause Annie. So are they making this, like, an arc? This
1: this is annoying, too, because this is, like, when we talked about um, the pregnancy hysterics. Again, um, we have not gone through menopause, so just like we have not been pregnant, Mm -hmm. we do not know if these tropes are, um, like, real or not. But... Or like if this is actually how people behave, but like I there are people I know who have gone through menopause who didn't who were not just like hasti- like basically these intense intense mood swings. Um these these seem like unhealthy mood swings even for people going through like hormonal changes. So Yeah. Maybe Annie should see someone about this about this because I don't think it's normal.
0: Um the ref starts calling her Weepy uh
1: The Eighth Dwarf. Fourth.
0: Um, there's a scene in the bed where she starts crying because the, he, she made the rev feel bad. And then the rev is like, I shouldn't have brought it up. And she's like, yeah, you're terrible for bringing it up. And then the rev has her armor, his arm around her. And she's like, I don't like this.
1: Yeah. She goes from crying like, to being like angry at him.
0: Um, but it's just like, and I know, I th- I know that it's supposed to be the comedic relief for the episode, but it's not, it's not funny. It's annoying. It, it looks... I know that, like, they're trying to go for comedy so they can't do, like, real tears, but it looks too forced to be even... Like, it kind of looks like she's manipulating the Rev. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like... Com- I don't know. I don't... It doesn't play well with me. I hope that we get over this soon and we don't continue. Um, but we'll get... Uh, okay, so the Rev kind of has two things going on. Um, the first, very quickly, is that Tim and... Amy, a married couple, come in to see him. Tim, uh, we're not told why, but he only has one arm, um, and he usually wears a prosthetic, but his prosthetic is very uncomfortable, so sometimes at work he takes it off. And one of the days at work when he did, he took that off, he took his prosthetic arm off. One of his coworkers stole his arm.
1: Um, which is absurd, and yeah. why would you do that? And that's, like, the most cruel thing I can imagine doing to anyone. I know um so don't steal people's prosthetics um
0: body parts generally yeah
1: just don't don't just don't touch things that don't belong to you um without permission um so he's like this so tim is like well anyway um i need my arm back and also he's like there's this harassment that goes on at my workplace and I would really appreciate it. If you t- this also, this is one of the reviews is critical of this. Um, generally you don't go see your reverend when you're being harassed at work. You go to like HR or like your, your supervisor. Yeah. Or if, if no one there is taking it seriously, you go and get a lawyer yeah. and take care of it. Like there are laws about workplace harassment. So, um, but this guy Tim is like, please talk to one of the supervisors or whatever. Um,
0: so the and we're the head of the company sends Tim's boss, um,
1: R- Roland. Yes, Roland Rogers. Roland
0: Rogers, who comes in be- with saying that he was late because of donuts.
1: Yes, um, he's like a jolly round man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's like a little overweight, so. Um, he goes the route of, since this whole thing is about bullying, he goes the route of, like, self-deprecation in Mm -hmm. order to deflect or make people think it's okay to make fun of him or whatever. Like, it doesn't, like, it just rolls off his back.
0: He says, like, oh, it's a, it's, this is the environment of the workplace. It's all jokes. Like, they make fun of somebody's fat ankles and somebody else's buck teeth and his weight and somebody being short and somebody else's ears. And I'm like, okay but you don't steal these items.
1: Right. And what are the odds that you'd have all these different people with, like, all of these things to make fun of in one workplace? Um,
0: Maybe they work at Google. <laughs> Google's a big company.
1: It is. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think these people work at Google.
0: <laughs> I mean, clearly.
1: Um, so... That was
0: not a take on Google and the kind of think, people that work there. I was just trying to come up with a big company name. It could have been anything. Yeah. I could have said, like, Macy's. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I feel like Google probably has an awesome HR department, though. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs>
0: So anyway,
1: um, the this Google's going to sue us. So this guy, so yeah, because someone from Google, Google's legal department is watching us. Um, so this guy is like, well, if he doesn't want his arm stolen, he shouldn't take it off at work. And they're like, that's not the point. Um, so the rev kind of does say, you know, there are laws about this. And if you don't correct this, then... Um, legal
0: measures are going to be taken. Yeah,
1: like legal measures can be taken. So, um.
0: The guy also has, like, I. This. It's kind of this, like, um. Like victim blaming thing where he's just like, if I didn't want to get.
1: Um. He's like, yeah, I would just, like, lose weight if I didn't want to get made fun of. Like, um, no,
0: dude. You yeah, live your life.
1: Yeah, like, if you want to continue to be.
0: A donut eating man, do it.
1: Round Roland Rogers. <laughs> um, then do it, but.
0: We don't know how this gets. Um. Uh, like if, but we're assuming it gets like fixed. We hope that Tim gets his arm back.
1: Yeah. W- again, this is just not resolved. It's introduced just to be like a thing in the middle of the episode. Uh,
0: the other storyline that is uh, the Revs is that his friend from high school, uh, played by Morgan Fairchild, Bird, is visiting. Um, I know in the user summary it's an ex, but he very he makes it clear that it, she's just a friend. So. Yeah. Um, we do have a little bit of Annie being jealous, but, like, that's not even... We
1: hardly get any yeah. of Annie being jealous. I mean...
0: We get, like, a hot second of it. But she then-
1: She's just like, oh, this is your friend from right. high school. Um, so everyone calls the Rev's friend Bird. Yeah. Yeah. And we learn that this is because when she... In a dinner table scene... Yeah. Where the whole thing with Cheryl going to school happens they're like, "Oh, why do they why did why are you called Bird?" and she says, "Because when I was younger, I had bird legs. I still have bird legs. This is what my family called me." Anyway, this was a very silly plot as well yeah. and underdeveloped because we learn that Bird is seeking the Rev's help because her she hasn't spoken to her brother in like a year because he was born with a club foot. And her father always used to make fun of her brother's clubfoot because the father had the clubfoot as well. So it was like hereditary. And then um, a year, like about a year ago, her brother and his wife had a child that also had the clubfoot. So her father made fun of the grandchild. So this man ran away with his wife and no one has spoken to him since.
0: And she doesn't need help finding. That her was brother. very. I know that
1: was very confusing, but yeah, she, she doesn't need help, and also her father has passed since then. So um, she's like, now I have no family.
0: She doesn't need help finding her brother, but she wants what she wants help with is forgiving her father. She thinks that her father is the reason, or her father is the reason that um, Ben, which is her brother's name, has like gone away from her life, and she has no family left. Um, to be honest, this was very boring. I didn't pay attention to it. Um yeah. I
1: yeah, I don't really get what was going on here. Um I think hopefully she finds her brother. Yeah. But she wasn't looking, apparently. Yeah. Oh, I thought I'll the it whole, out. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, it all and, and apparently this all got settled. So well well the rev is like, oh, the only person who can forgive him is God or something. Um uh. which I mean, if this woman can't forgive her father, then is she ever gonna move on? Right. I don't think it matters if God forgives this guy or not. So um, anyway,
0: um we just like to mention that Bird's real name is Merle, and that's why she likes being called bird
1: yes, um and finally, the main storyline um is Simon's
0: so we mentioned earlier that simon uh got uh, got a ride with Cheryl because he took the wrong bus he took the wrong bus because he was clearly um
1: perturbed by the fact that these people were bullying this kid, and then the fact that he made up the whole scenario that the kid's going to shoot them all. Uh,
0: This kind of uh, angsty Simon continues at dinner where he doesn't like it when all these nicknames are going around, like Bird and Hot Lips and uh, Snooky and Lady Liberty and stuff. And so he kind of storms out. And when he storms away, that's when uh, we get a phone call from Mick, uh, the new kid from New Jersey. So Mick is just calling to say thank you, for uh,
1: standing up to the bullies, yeah.
0: Uh, but also to say that he's going to blow them away. Um, so there's no outright, like, I'm going to kill, like, I'm going to shoot them.
1: Well, he does, because Simon is like, you can't, like, you're just going to kill people because they bullied you. Like, you can't do that. That's not going to fix anything. Um, and the kid's like, well, the only way to shut them up is, to, like, if they're dead. Yeah, basically. They- um. So... I'm gonna say he definitely is pretty clear about. No, I, you know, I, oh, I meant yeah. like
0: for the first like part of the conversation, they just kept on saying blow them away back yeah. and forth until finally it was like you can't just shoot them. Yeah. Um. So he's like, Simon's like, don't do this, and he's like, don't worry, you'll be safe, and that's like the end of the conversation. Um. And Simon does, I think, what like what any person would do, and I think he's the only one that did like went to the right authority. I want to
1: say that we we have been we haven't really been talking about like Simon's character development stuff. But I think that this is one of my favorite things about Simon. Usually when the family has problems, they go directly to the rev. Um, and Simon, and I think Simon is more likely to first go to the more appropriate authority, mm-hmm. usually. He goes directly to the source rather than go and get the rev involved. Um, although he does explain... So Simon calls the police station and asks to speak to Sergeant Michaels. Um, and he tells Sergeant Michaels that... He called Sergeant, he, Sergeant Michaels is like, why don't you talk to your dad? And he says, because the last time that something like this happened, my dad almost died, which
0: it's is the one and only reminder we have of the which, time
1: the rev was shot,
0: especially and I hate this because I brought this up in the last episode being like, we're never going to get reminded of that ever again, are we? And then it was this episode.
1: Um. So we learned that that might be part of why Simon didn't go right to his father. But um, I just thought it was like Simon Actually, just seeking out the right person.
0: Yeah. Um, so off screen, we have Sergeant Michaels visiting a Mick's house and talking to Mick's dad and Mick. Um, we hear about the like report back when Sergeant Michaels calls Simon. Um, so in the conversation, I don't. You, you can tell me how you feel about this, but the Sar- uh, but the sergeant says basically he didn't exhibit any of the signs that um, a shooter usually has, like harming I- animals.
1: Being isolate, basically yeah. like not having friends, being isolated. Um, so I think I already kind of said how I feel about this. Um, I He's like, oh he doesn't exhibit any of the signs, except for the fact that he came right out and said that he wants to shoot his classmates. I don't care what the signs are. If somebody makes an explicit threat, I, I- think it's enough to move on or just like monitor. Just because, you know, there are a lot of, like it it just again does the seventh heaven thing and puts people into these boxes that you know people aren't um I
0: don't you know. don't need to fit you like a you can't distill
1: por- them down yeah. to um yeah there's no formula for yeah. school shooter like that's right. not um, that,
0: what I was saying is that I wanted to commend the show on doing this because at the end this is a bit of a spoiler but we're going to get to it in a second there is a gun like he there is a gun that ends up in his locker so like they could have been going the route where, oh, he was only, like, saying what he was saying. And because he doesn't exhibit any signs, because he's not, like, the f- profile for a shooter, that he's not actually a shooter. But I really appreciated the fact that they didn't do that. That they set- showed, like, he comes from a good family. Yeah, he's moved around a lot. He has friends. He's never been expelled. But that doesn't mean that this stuff doesn't affect him. Yeah. Or that he doesn't have access to a gun or any of this stuff.
1: Well, and that was the other thing that, in the le- when the Rev was shot the first thing they did was go to the house and ask the parents if there was a gun in the house. Um and Sergeant Michaels doesn't even like address that. Um because obviously access is the like number you know, mm-hmm. to determine if, if something could even happen. Access to a weapon is important. Um
0: so the next day like basically the Sergeant Michaels like and solution for this is like we're keeping we're keeping things Like, we're going to keep monitoring, but what you need to do is talk to the Rev. Like, that's what you need to do. Uh, Simon is still hesitant to do so. The next day at school, Mick is saying that he was just joking, that he knows that Simon's the reason that the police officer showed up at his house, but, like, he shouldn't have taken it so seriously. Um, Simon is still a bit, like...
1: You said you were going to kill people, so I'm a little concerned.
0: Right. And that's when another, like, incident with the the bullies happened. Uh, And the next thing we see is Simon going to talk to the Rev. And uh, we don't see that conversation. And the next thing we see is the Rev telling Annie that Simon's going to be talking to all of the social studies classes at his high school.
1: And his speech is generally just about bullying and how to, like... I don't know how how you can take back the power by standing up for people who are being bullied, even if it's not, you know, necessarily basically like we should all be nice to each other because um, it's like the right thing to do and don't make people feel like garbage.
0: I also think it's about like he mentioned or at least what I took away from it was like how this is just normal behavior for us, like how we just walk past it and how that shouldn't be a thing anymore. We shouldn't be normalizing Teasing or bullying, like harassment. it doesn't need
1: to be a thing that right. happens. We can all end it, um, but we still have not here. No, we in haven't. Twenty seventeen.
0: Um, and the episode ends with his voiceover saying that, like, all this stuff, and then Mick opening his locker with Sergeant Michaels. We're presuming the school principal and the Rev and the Rev and pa- and his parents. I'm assuming are in the background. Perhaps. Uh, and there is just a gun lying on top of his notebook in the locker, and then it just fades to black yeah so i mean what do you think
1: um i think that i guess it was well done i mean because like you said i didn't even realize that how they profile like oh here's like this is what a school shooter looks like and then even though mick isn't doesn't fit the profile he actually does have a gun in the locker at the end i mean it's not a good thing um and obviously, I just, again, when they keep calling it all of the nicknames and stuff teasing, it just minimizes, it, it makes it sound, like, playful. Um, right, it's
0: like in the first season when they did, didn't call racism racism.
1: Yeah, so um, maybe using bullying next time would be right. next time on the next episode that they <laughs> do, uh, do on bullying.
0: What did you want to rate this?
1: Um, I enjoyed it, so I'm going to give it a, a 4.5. Um, yeah.
0: So I think I'm going to give this a solid 5. Ooh. Yeah. I was going to give it a 5.5, but I realized that a lot of the storylines were not necessary or, as I mentioned earlier, didn't reach their full potential. But the main one, I think, was as well done as you could get for After School Special. Yeah. Um.
1: So anyway... If you'd like to listen to our take on more of this either very good or very poor season, depending on who you ask, you can listen to us at Camdencast... Nope, that's a lie. Soundcloud.com slash Camdencast or on the Apple iTunes podcast app. Or on Stitcher. Or on Stitcher. And if you'd like to potentially see the promo from this episode, we may be posting that. Uh, But we will be posting something. On our Facebook, which is Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Um, And on our Twitter and Instagram, our handle is at CamdenCastShow. I'm Erin.
0: I'm Tanvi, and this is CamdenCast.